Hey metalheads, this is Daryl Pesh, and you're listening to Cobras and Fire, and Rock is not dead, so rock on and stay metal. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast, part of the Decibel Geek podcast empire, featuring special guest, the queen of metal, Doro Pesh. I'd like to welcome to the program the queen of metal, Doro Pesh. Uh, Doro, you are celebrating 35 years with a double album, uh, Forever Warriors, Forever United, which comes out on August 17th. How are you today? Yes, I'm pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, Paco, I just came back from Wacken. We played two <laughs> shows in Wacken, and we did a big anniversary show, and it was awesome. Had many guests and, you know, lots of fire and pyrotechnic, and it was, it was awesome. And, and it was sold out, 80,000 metalheads from all over the world, so uh, it was really, really exciting. And we played a couple of new songs from the upcoming album, and, and we had a great guest on the stage, Johan Heck of Amona Mars. We sang two songs together, and yeah, and it all worked out. No, yeah, yeah, didn't mess up a thing. Everything was like, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, how many times have you played Wacken? Oh man, I think I at least was in Wacken twenty times, and sometimes I just uh, sang the Wacken anthem. We are the metalheads. And sometimes I was a guest on, on somebody else's show. Last year, I was actually a guest on the show of Amona Mars, and we sang uh, their song on the last Yom's Viking album. It was called A Dream That Cannot Be. And they asked me if I want to hop on stage and, you know, play that song, sing that song, and I did. And then I had a little bit of time to walk around, to talk to all my friends and other bands. And that's how it came about that we could record and film all for metal. It was just a demo, and then, you know, and I saw Jeff Waters of Annihilator and Boral Dane, which is unfortunately not anymore with us. It was the last time that I've seen him, and, yeah, and Johan Heck, and everybody was there, and then I said, hey, I have this new demo and this new song. It might be on the record, and, can you know, do you guys want to sing along, and, you know, and do a video, and, yeah, and I had a little um, portable studio, so everybody was singing on it, and, yeah, so I had a little bit of time, you know, and, yeah, and then the more people were singing on that song, we thought, okay, that should be the first video and the first thing. It makes people feel so good. Reminds me a little bit on All We Are. And, yeah. and of course, we played that in Wacken as well with a big choir. And, yeah, it was people going crazy and, you know, singing along. And it's especially fun if you have a couple of beers before. And then <laughs> <laughs> on top of your lungs, you know. It doesn't have to be in tune, just 
It'll be fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, you're talking about Johan from uh, Aman or Marth. You guys do a duet on the new record. The line is very thin between love and hate. You know that you belong to me. You cannot fight your fate. Grievous the price you pay will be mine away forever and a day. Together? Yeah, actually, um, I did um, a couple of uh, shows with Tommy Bowen, my old uh, Warlock guitar player of the Triumph and Agony album. We celebrated the Triumph and Agony album last year. And then, you know, one time we had so much fun. We were jamming in our hotel room. Yeah, and then, you know, Tommy came up, like, you know, with this riff. And then we had this idea, if I can't have you, no one will. And then I sent it to Johan. I said, hey, Johan, there's a song in the making. You know, check it out. And then Johan wrote the verses, the lyrics for the verses. And then we did it. And it was a it was a teamwork from Tommy, Johan, and me. And, and now it's actually the third single. And it's a beautiful video. Somebody made it. Um, his name is David Havlena. And yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a cool story around the whole song. And yeah, and it's uh, it's one of my favorite songs on the album. It's very unique. It's yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, and his rough voice is, you know, making it sure. like, wow, you know. No, it's a good track. Cool. Um, uh, you mind if I, you know, you, you mentioned Tommy Bolin. You mind if I go back and ask you a couple questions about Warlock? Of course, love to, yeah. Well, I first got into you. You, you get you, Warlock came on my radar with with True as Steel. I know there was a couple records before that, but I honestly didn't get to hear like Burning the Witches even until I don't know the mid two thousands. Um, but but tri, True as Steel was followed up by Triumph and Agony. the first record with Tommy Bolin on it um, if I remember and it didn't you kind of like replace most of the band it, it felt like um, it felt like with Triumph and Agony we're trying to give uh, Warlock more of an, an American metal sound and look is that fair 
We just did what we felt. It was not like, you know, planned and stuff. And okay. then many people played on this album, like great people like Cozy Powell. And I must say, man, there were great players on. So maybe it sounded a little bit more, let's say, yeah, like more on or more professional. I think the first video um, of the Triumph and Agony album, Oh We Are, there was a bigger production than the stuff we did before. There mm -hmm. was like low key, but the Triumph and Agony album, yeah, it was like, it was maybe more professional. We had a great uh, studio, it was the Power Station studio, great players, and, you know, and then Tommy Bowen I met, and he had so much fire, and I loved his like energy, you know, he was like, you know, he was a powerhouse and like bringing, you know, so much you know, good vibes. And then I thought, yeah. And then I never planned on going solo. It was just, we got into right. some problems, you know. And I never wanted to be a solo artist ever. And then we had to change the name. So I thought, okay. Yeah, well, real quick thought, on that. On why was it? Was there the, the former members? Was there some kind of lawsuit? I just don't remember hearing anything about it. Why, why couldn't you carry on as Warlock? It was the former, I had two managers at the time, one American manager, Alex Grope, he came actually from Switzerland, but he had an American passport, he was great, and, and then we had a European manager, and he was actually a good friend of ours, and then he 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 took the name. He had no right to do it, but he took the name because okay, okay. he was the merch guy, so, you know, and then that was the first time that I felt a people with a little tiny bit of success, some people, they go crazy. It's like, you know, you don't even know them anymore, and before we were really great friends, it was very supportive and stuff, and then he took the name, and I thought, okay, no, let's go to court, because he has nothing to do with the name, but, you know, it was it was sticky, it was the first time that, like, we metalheads were in a courtroom. I started yelling and screaming because I said it was totally unfair. So I was removed out of the courtroom and then we lost the name. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I thought, man, you know. And then, you know, it, uh, it took quite a while. At first I thought, okay, the record company said, then call it Doro, maybe the fans will know who it is and mm -hmm. stuff and they make the connection. And I thought, oh, I would love to still do Warlock, but it was impossible, so we called it Doro, and I thought, okay, and then the next record we call Warlock again, everything will, you know, get sorted out, of course, yeah, and then that took 20 years, it didn't take one year, it took 20, <laughs> so now I had the right, I got the rights back to the name Warlock, but uh, yeah, it was all sticky, and you know, when we started, when we started as Warlock, hey, we were all like, you know, little kids, teenagers, we just want to play, want to make music, wanted to, you know, make the metalheads crazy, and we were like not into business at all, and then left and right, man, God, you know, there were you know, tons of, you know, people who, who weren't our best friends, which we thought, you know, everybody supported, everybody's good people, but yeah, yeah, when a little tiny bit of success started happening, then some some people lost their minds, and yeah, and that's how it came about, and then I had no, you know, I, I had no say in that Tommy wouldn't be in the band anymore, it was like, you know, the agency, the record company, the manager, everybody, like, you know, suddenly had, like, you know, they, they pulled the strings, and as an artist, Back in the day, in the 80s and 90s, you didn't have so much power and freedom like mm -hmm. you have now, which is great, you know, like now everybody says, hey, just go for it, do what you feel, you know best what the metalheads want, so, but in the 80s, 90s, you know, at first we just did our thing, but then the second record, Hellbound, it was already a different, you know, ball game, and then to a steal. 
that was when people tried to do a little bit more commercial sound, you know, radio friendly, which we all, oh, no, no, not radio friendly, you know. That, <laughs> you know, for a metal band, that, word, that was not, you know, not the way we want to sound. <laughs> and agony I felt oh this was a fantastic record I really Agreed. loved it and um, yeah and then the next record yeah we couldn't use the name Warlock anymore and yeah did and Tommy then, stay on for Force Majeure nee Tommy Hendrickson who's now actually in Alice Cooper but Tommy he didn't stay on actually and it was not you know it was not my choice but other people said no it needs to be different and like oh god and then you know and I thought wow you know I, I love Tommy I love his playing he's wild you know and you know he's you know great energy and then yeah so does I must that say, mean um, maybe it was somebody else's idea to do wider shade of pale no no that was my idea okay. that was my idea because we had the whole record was done and then I felt, man, one song is missing. We we need another song, you know, like another anthem, something, you know. I think there's something missing, like All We Are or For Emma, which was the first song in three languages. And then I went into a record store and I was weaving through records. It was Tower Records. They always had, you know, 24 hour open. And, you know, I was just like going into Tower Records every weekend, you know, just to relax and to see, you know, what's new. Yeah, and then I saw some old records and there was one band which probably you guys don't know anymore. It was called Procol Harrow. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and when I grew up to that song, I loved it so much. So I went to my producer and I said, Joey, Joey, I would love to, to do this song. He said, really? And he said, well, could you sing it? I said, I don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> and then six o'clock in the morning, we... Um, were in our studio and we wanted to just give it one go before the next morning you know and like end of the day just like fiddling around and we played wider shade of pale with great people playing on bobby roninelli on drums uh, tommy Hendrickson, who's now actually in alice cooper he was great and uh, john devon actually who's now um uh, he is in oh god oh my god He's uh, in, in Dokken, in Dokken. Yeah, so oh, we sure. gave it one go. No? And um, yeah, and we played it, and that version was so great. It was so much magic. We thought, wow, man, that sounds great, and the singing was great. So the next morning, we wanted to do it for real. And I tell you, we listened to the version 6 o'clock in the morning, and that was the one. Get the life and then go. cross the floor. I was feeling kind of seasick The crowd called out for more <laughs> The room was up and hollow As the ceiling flew away yeah. 
then I thought, wow, I definitely want to put it on, on our record. And yeah, and then it became the first single, the first video. But there was, yeah, there was my choice. But um, yeah, but back in the day, the record industry was so huge. And there was sometimes so much pressure on, which is not anymore the case, which I love now. It's so much freedom and I love it. But back in the day, yeah, yeah. And everything, you know, was like, yeah, was discussed by many, many people. So sometimes, you know, you had you had no choice. It was actually, you know, losing your record deal completely or giving up music or, you know, or like, yeah, kind of like try to survive and do here and there a little compromise, even though I thought uh, our demos always sounded better. And <laughs> the mix sometimes a little bit too, you know, too, too commercial, I thought, yeah, but, you know, here and there. But that was the time in the 80s and 90s. I'm, I'm sure many bands went through that. How did uh, how did Gene get, uh, Gene Simmons get uh, brought in to produce the next uh, solo album just called Doro? Yeah, yeah, actually, um, I introduced KISS on the Monsters of Rock Festival in Germany in 1989, and I was a big KISS fan growing up, and I loved Gene, and I loved KISS. So a promoter called me, and you know, and he said, hey, you know, I, I remember you're a big KISS fan. You want to introduce KISS on stage? And I said, oh, I would love to. So that was the first time that I met Gene. And then... And then somehow this idea grew, maybe doing a song or maybe, you know, writing a song together. So I talked to my manager. That was the good guy, the American guy. And I said, Alex, you know, I would love to, you know, to maybe do something with Kiss. And he said, hey, Dora, they don't have any time for that, you know. And I said, yeah, I just was asking. So a couple of months later, I got a phone call from my manager. And he said, Dora, get out of bed. There's somebody who wants to meet you. And I said, who is it? And he said, no, no, it's a surprise. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you know. Maybe it's some friends or fans from Germany. So I hopped into the taxi, didn't even take a shower, no makeup on, which usually I always put on makeup, but because he said it's so urgent, you know, just come, you know. So I went to 57th Street uh, to the Parker Meridian Hotel in Manhattan. And outside, my manager was waiting. He said, are you ready? I said, yeah, but I want to know who it is, you know. And he said, Gene Simmons. I said, what? Are you crazy? You didn't tell me that Gene Simmons is waiting there for me, and I didn't even put my makeup on. <laughs> and, you know, he said, well, he said, man, yeah, he wants to meet you, and, you know, let's check it out. And so I had to go three times around the block because I was so nervous. My knees were shaking. And then after three times, you know, Alex said, hey, Gene is waiting, you know, are you ready? And I said, yes, I am. So I walked into the hotel and he was sitting there and we were talking and he said, so I heard you were, um, you know, thinking of doing a new record. And he said, so what do you want to do? You know, how do you want it to sound? And yeah, and then we started doing a little bit, you know, doing a couple of songs and then... He played me a couple of songs, which are now, I just met Gene a week ago. He uh, gave away The Vault, you know, all the songs he's ever written. And there are many songs, you know, which I recorded on this record. Yeah, and then we got along great, and we started in New York, and then we recorded the whole record in L.A. And actually, Tommy Thayer, who's now in KISS, he was the co-producer. And mm -hmm. we did it in the studio where KISS recorded Hut in the Shade. It was called Portrait Studio. So it was awesome. And me being a big KISS fan, I tell you, it was, it was a dream come true. And he was so nice, uh, so kind, um, very, very caring. And, you know, it was, yeah, I had the time you know, of my life, I tell you. And, yeah. you. You recorded a KISS song on there, Only You. Only You. 
had were yeah. you familiar with the original version before you recorded it? Yes, I was. I was. Do, do you I like think... music from the Elder? Just get your opinion on that album. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I know that many people they feel like you know it's like a different album, but I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. And then um, Gene he uh, wrote different lyrics for Only You, and when I had that version, the demo, which then we recorded on my record. Oh man, I thought so cool. I love the chord changes. I love the melody. I love the lyrics. But yeah, but you know, when you're a fan, sometimes you love even like the you know the. The stuff which is a little bit out of the box. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still a big fan of Kiss Alive too, but yes, I like the Elder album as well. I do too. Yeah, you too. Also. Oh yeah, very much. Yeah. Uh, wow, cool, cool. So, so, and if I heard you right, you have Gene gave you a vault. Yes, man. He did. <laughs> oh, how did you know? How did you know? Yeah, man. I, I couldn't believe it because I was invited to to be a guest on you know on this day, and you know we were talking to fans. Yeah, and then he said, "Hey, Doric, come with me." And then he gave me the vault, and I, I didn't expect it. It was so cool, and you know, and wow, I was, I was, yeah, and I was very touched. <laughs> and one week before, I was uh, playing the Masters of Rock Festival in the Czech Republic, a great festival too. And Gene Simmons was playing the Gene Simmons band, and then you know, and then he said, "Hey, hop on stage," and we did War Machine together, and that was great fun too. And- in a lifetime you know and yeah mm. I, I really enjoy the song Mirage that's probably my favorite song on that might, oh, might be one of my yeah, favorite songs of yours but oh yeah oh yeah oh it's a beautiful song and by the way in the internet I saw on Blabbermouth they said um, because I I told everybody about the mix it was not coming out right and then Gene he was all night mixing the song and it came out great and then when I listened to it I had tears in my eyes and in the internet it said when I wrote it I had tears in my eyes but that's not true Gene Simmons wrote the song Mirage and it was maybe somebody you know made a mistake writing it so but yeah Gene <laughs> wrote the song Mirage and yeah what a cool song and yeah I think he's a great songwriter and yeah a great singer and yeah, and I I love him as a person so much. He's he's so cool and yeah, with and without makeup. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about what you got going on now. Forever Warriors, Forever United. Once again, is the name of the double album. Comes out August seventeenth. This is your first double album, if I understand it right. Correct. Yes, yes. It's album number twenty, and the first double album has twenty-five songs on it, and lots of like stadium anthems, like all for metal or turn it up, and lots of 
fast songs like Bastardos and this duet if I can't have you no one will with Johan Heck and yeah and some other great soulful songs and some ballads and one song uh, we have a great solo um, from Jack Aldrich he's on the song Heartbroken mm -hmm. and God he plays so great and I always loved him in White Snake or Dio or now the Dead Daisies and yeah and I'm so happy that he, oh, he played so fantastic and yeah and there's one great ballad on it I wrote it with David Bryan the piano and keyboard player of Bon Jovi and we wrote this ballad together and it's a while ago and I always thought man it's such a beautiful song it's not heavy but it's beautiful and that's on the record as well and it's called It Cuts So Deep The first time you took my heart Was the first time I walked through the dark The first time my heart almost died The first time I survived Everything here still reminds me of you The dreams of your touch make it hard to get through All the words that I said are sad cause I knew I'd never get over you Ooh, can we ever get it right? Ooh, can we stand on another night? We're going round and round Pain takes another ride Dark romantic stuff is on there as well, and yeah, and two songs for Lemmy are on. Um, one is called "Living Life to the Fullest," and I wrote it for Lemmy to honor him, to give him thanks. I loved him so much too. And there's a Motorhead cover version on. It's called um, "Lost in the Ozone," and I think Lemmy wrote beautiful lyrics. I think he was such a fantastic lyricist, and this song I was like, Agreed. when I sing that, like, I was like, man, I get teary eyes. It's so, it's so deep and so very, very sad lyrics. But yeah. Well, he left us a lot, you know. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Tommy Bolin, of course, you mentioned came back. How did that all come together? Because you know, I, I instantly recognized the name because because of Triumph and Agony, but. Yeah, actually, uh, actually, some journalists, they told me, like, oh, it was about two years ago or one and a half years ago. They said, hey, oh, the Triumph and Agony album, it will, oh, it will, it will be 30 years ago to <laughs> celebrate. And I thought, oh, my God, that's right. And usually when I'm on tour or when I'm in the studio, you know, I'm so mixed up in things. And then I thought, man, I, told, I didn't even think of that. So I called Tommy and I said, hey, Tommy, you know, 
Clan Vanagen is almost 30 years you know, old. We have to celebrate. He said, oh, yeah, I was waiting for this phone call. Let's do it. So uh, we at first wanted to do it in little clubs. And then the first gig we did was Sweden Rock in front of 60,000 people playing the whole record in its entirety. But it worked out great. It was a great show. And then we did more shows. And we did Norway Rock. And then we said, hey, let's do a tour in, in the States. And we did last year. And we played, you know, a couple of shows, and it was so awesome. And yeah, and now we are um, playing a couple of shows in Europe where we only play the Triumph and Agony album. It's actually coming up in a couple of days in Spain, the Yenna the Rock, and yeah. And Tommy is a guest. She was a guest on the Wacken show and on some other festivals. And we're going over to play the UK Bloodstock Festival, and Tommy will be on board. And I will play with him and Chris Caffey, the Prague Power Festival in Atlanta. It's the 6th of September. And I'm so, you know, so excited about that. So it will be a lot of the solo stuff and, you know, and wild madness, energy and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any talk of an American tour yet or? Yeah, it's in the making. It's in the making. Um, we don't have any dates confirmed, but definitely a long tour. And like uh, next year, I want to yeah, tour nonstop. And yeah, and of course, you know, play all the big cities and then the smaller cities. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. So as we speak, you know, people are working on it, and I'm very excited. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely coming. Maybe end of this year, but definitely beginning of next okay. year. And yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw you a few years back in St. Paul, Minnesota, um, and it was actually Valentine's Day, uh, so I remember the date, uh, yeah. and you weren't feeling the best. Anytime you talked to the crowd, it was clear that you had, had a bit of a, a cold or a sore throat or something, if you know what I mean, yeah. but but yeah. when you sang, you, you delivered, you sounded amazing, and I guess I want to compliment you in a way because this sticks out to me. Because a few days earlier, I don't know if you've heard of Beyonce. <laughs> Be no, no. Beyonce, uh, she um, she lip synced the national anthem at our presidential inauguration, and she said it was because it was a bit cold and she didn't want to ruin her voice. And I just thought of the, because of the it was so close to when I saw you, I thought about that, and I'm like, you know, here you are killing it in a club. I guess Doral, really, all I'm saying is that you're more talented than Beyonce. I'm a single lady. Oh, that's like oh, I, I think she, oh, she, she put on a hell of a show. And yeah, like, she can dance. I, I, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I guess that's so metal, you know. And metal is all more real. We don't need so much big show. You just do what you love, and you know, and get the fans going. And I tell you, when I see the fans, I can be sick as a dog, which I usually I'm always sick on tour when we touring <laughs> in the winter time. I'm always sick, and you know, and I think, oh God, I will die. But then when I see the fans, when I hop on stage. Everything is great. Everything is great. I don't feel any pain. Nothing. You know, I can even break a leg. It wouldn't matter. It's it's always cool when I see the fans. And it was so cool in St. Paul. I remember some fans, they made up a new melody for the middle part of Für Immer. And I loved it so much. And thank God our drummer, Johnny D, he was filming it. Sometimes he's always filming little things of All We Are or For Immer. And the fans were making up this this melody. And afterwards, after the show, I walked up to the fans. I said, what was that? And they said, well, we made up this melody 
because we thought that is metal. And I thought, oh my God, that's so metal. You really think of a melody to put into a song. And ever since, I'm always doing it. I'm doing it as exactly as they did it. And it's wow. the coolest part. And the fans all sing along. And there was the fans in Minnesota, St. Paul. And there's one guy, his name is Mixter. And, you know, he's one of the diehard fans. And I tell you, I'm only... I only live for the diehard fans, and I only survived all these years because of the fans and of the support of the fans, and you know, and all, of all the things you know, you know, we we can share together, you know, in, in, in good times and in bad times, you know, especially then, you know, we we stick together. So, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's all for the fans. And St. Paul, uh, yeah, I remember. Well, I think the place doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, correct. Uh, they, they condemned yeah. the building. Do you, you remember, if I don't know if you recall, it had like a big pole right in the middle of the front of the stage. Yeah. It was so sure. good vibes and there's so great crowd and yeah, many great places are even BB Kings in New York. I always love to play. It's no more and so many places are no more. So, so we definitely have to, yeah, to fight the good fight. No, and yeah, like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, but well, I, I agree with in, my, in my heart, I always have these memories. Like, yeah, and I will never forget that. Yeah. Doro, this has been a pleasure. Uh, if I was to go back in time and tell the teenage me that I was going to be talking to you one day, he would probably freak out. Uh, you know, this is uh, it, it. It's been fun chatting with you. Thank you for sharing all these stories. Um, of course, people look for Forever Warriors, Forever United, which comes out on August seventeenth. And obviously, any any news about any tour dates, they can find it at uh, at your website. Yes. 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 On Facebook, and yeah, or. Doro.us, yeah, and I will let you know as soon as we have like everything sorted out. And I'm dying to play all these songs live, and I want to see what the fans love the most because with 25 songs, man, I can't make up my mind. I love them all, so the fans they they have to pick their favorites, and then we will play what they want. And and of course all the other highlights like oh we are burning the witches Emma, you know that's uh, what goes without saying. But yeah, I'm very excited and. Doro, honestly, thank you so much. This has been a big thrill for me. And uh, I'll definitely keep an eye out and look for you on tour and catch you at one of these dates once you kick, start kicking through America. And, by the way, love the record. Oh, good. Oh, thank you for saying that. Oh, yeah, man. I, I hope the fans will love it as well. And, yeah. I'm uh, sure they will. The, the great thing about the metal crowd is that they actually listen to new music, so. Yeah, no, yeah, and I still buy records or vinyl or CDs. I love that. That's probably totally different from the pop world, but, yeah, and we still put all this stuff out in picture this and nice packages <laughs> or something. It's really awesome. Really it is. Awesome. Yeah, good. Okay, well, thank you very much for having me. And yeah, talk. I'll see you very soon. And all the best. And take care. Same to you.
dry cobra. Correct. No? Yeah. Cobra. Yeah. Okay. 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 I, I will do it right now. Okay. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.